0: I should like to read a very familiar portion of God's Word with that prayer that God through His Spirit could open it on to us for the edifying of our souls and for the strengthening of our faith. Sometimes I have detected in the reading of these familiar portions of God's Word that we even as the hearers of the Word become rather dull of hearing. Meaning this, that uh, the enemy of the soul assails us, that we have heard that portion of God's word spoken about on many, many occasions. Why doesn't he take some other portion of God's word and elaborate on that, seeing that that is so familiar unto all that are here gathered? I have been in a spirit of prayer that God would lead me and direct me to a portion of his holy word that would be needful that his children would be exposed to. Therefore, this evening I'm going to read the parable of the ten virgins, found recorded in the 25th chapter of the Gospel letter according to the evangelist, St. Matthew, and read from there the first thirteen verses. And the words are read and recorded as follows in Jesus' name. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And they went to buy, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. You and I, as God's children, believe that we are living the eleventh hour of grace. Meaning this, that we, according to God's word, believe that the return of our Lord is very close. It is nigh at hand. The end of the world is uh, coming to its end. The world is coming to its end. Thus uh, the Lord has spoken this parable, revealing unto us what the kingdom of heaven will be like in these last days. For the first word of our text, as we heard read, was then. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins the question arises, when? When is this kingdom going to be likened unto ten virgins? Prior to the reading of our text, our Lord points out concerning the end of the world. Many signs are given concerning the last times. And then he begins this parable as we heard with the word then. It is then during these last days, that the kingdom of heaven is going to be likened unto ten virgins. If the kingdom of heaven is going to be likened unto ten virgins, I believe it important that we know and we understand what a virgin is. I believe pictured in a virgin is purity. For a virgin is one that is untouched, untouched of man, without sexual relations. As I mentioned, it pictures to us purity. The kingdom of heaven is going to be like unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. These virgins set forth to meet the bridegroom. Who is the bridegroom beloved? I believe the bridegroom to be none other than our Father in heaven. For you and I as God's children, through Christ Jesus, have become the brides of the heavenly bridegroom. And the heavenly bridegroom is none other than our Father in heaven. So then all of these virgins have set forth to meet the bridegroom. The word makes known that they took their lamps. All of these virgins took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. What is pictured or depicted in these lamps? I believe pictured in these lamps is faith, because no man has ever seen God, and for a man to set forth to meet the heavenly bridegroom, it has to be done by none other than faith. We haven't seen God, but if a man has set forth to meet God, he is doing it all by faith. So then pictured in these lamps is faith. By faith they set forth to meet the bridegroom. The word of God goes on to make known that five of them were wise and five were foolish. It may be rather difficult for the intellect and the wisdom of man to comprehend that a virgin could be foolish. As we already heard what is pictured in a virgin. But here the Lord makes known that out of these ten virgins, five were foolish and five were wise. What is the difference between these five wise virgins and five foolish virgins? The word of God goes on to make known to us the exact difference between The wise and the foolish virgins. For in verse 3 we are told, they that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. The foolish took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels, with their lamps, So then the difference between the wise and the foolish was that the wise had oil in their vessels and the foolish took no oil with them. Now if the oil depicts the difference between the foolish and the wise virgins, again I believe it very important for us to understand what is meant or pictured in this oil. We might even reflect our thoughts to the words of King David. David said in the 23rd Psalm, He anointeth my head with oil. And what happened when the Lord anointed the head of David with oil? His cup ran over. I believe the Anointing with this oil is none other than the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When God has anointed us with his Spirit, it is then that the joy of salvation is so great in our hearts that our cups, our earthen vessels, sometimes are filled to overflowing. And when David said, My cup runneth over, I believe... Pictured in this is that this earthen vessel could not contain the joy of salvation. So, therefore, even outwardly, as oftentimes we see with loud voices and upraised hands, we find ourselves rendering praise and thanks unto God. So, thus pictured in the oil is the Holy Spirit, the wise virgin notice as the word makes known, took oil in their vessels. It doesn't mention that this oil was in the lamps, but rather that they took this oil in their vessels. What are these vessels, beloved? Paul in his epistle letter to the Corinthians makes known to us that we are the temple of God. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? God in spirit has come to live and abide within our hearts. We are those earthen vessels that possess the oil of God's spirit. So then the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins was this, that the wise virgins possess the oil of God's spirit in their hearts, whereas the foolish virgins had no oil with them. But let us try to bear in mind that they were virgins nevertheless, very good, upright people, journeying to meet the bridegroom by faith. For as I mentioned, no man has seen God, and anyone that has set forth to meet the bridegroom we have to believe is doing it by faith. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, but while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. While the bridegroom tarried, all of these virgins, the wise along with the foolish, slumbered and eventually slept. I believe in this slumbering and sleepy condition. Faith cannot manifest its works. Therefore it is difficult to distinguish between the two. It is impossible almost to distinguish between the wise and the foolish virgins. When they all slumber and when they all sleep, the foolish didn't realize that they were foolish, How could they detect that they were foolish, for they had all one thing in common. They had set forth to meet the bride. But then our text goes on to make known that at midnight, at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. What is pictured in this midnight hour, beloved? Is it that moment just before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is something else depicted in this midnight hour? The midnight hour is an hour of great darkness. It is total darkness, beloved. We know that darkness is great upon the face of the earth today. Sin is increasing and multiplying in every shape and form. But beloved, if we think that darkness is great today, this darkness is going to become much greater. Oh, how great that darkness was during the destruction of Jerusalem. That darkness was so great, beloved, it is almost impossible for man to comprehend it with his own understanding or wisdom. We can see how rapidly this darkness is overshadowing not only our land of America, but the whole world. And I believe that when this darkness reaches its peak, it's going to arise from the hearts of God's children, behold the bridegroom coming. For as Paul has written into his written in his epistle letter unto the Thessalonians concerning the return of the Lord, I don't know if I can find it quickly offhand, but nevertheless Paul writes to us concerning these last days. But of the times and the seasons, brethren. Ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh cometh as a thief in the night. In the night. In the midst of darkness. You very well know this, Paul is telling the Thessalonians. That the Lord's coming is going to be as a thief in the night. And you know this. But of the times and the the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. And he continues, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape but ye brethren but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief so thus i believe that when darkness becomes great upon the face of the earth the children of light are going to recognize and detect that the coming of the lord is nigh at hand and the cry was made at midnight in that hour of darkness. Behold the bridegroom coming. Go ye out to meet him. In that cry a word of instruction was echoed. Go ye out to meet him. Go out and meet the bridegroom. But notice, Then all those virgins arose. After this cry had been echoed, Behold the bridegroom cometh. All of those virgins arose. Where did they rise from, beloved? From their slumber and sleeping condition. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Those virgins arose from their slumber and sleep and began to trim their lamps. We already heard that the lamps is faith. How does man begin to trim his faith if depicted in the lamp is faith? Remember what James has written to us. James makes known Faith without works is dead. And so we are to believe, beloved. Faith, when it is rightly manifested within the heart of man, it is going to bear fruit. How can faith manifest itself if we are slumbering and sleeping, beloved? So thus it was needful for all of those virgins to begin to trim their lamps began to trim their lamps of faith from all these dead works wherein they had been slumbering and sleeping. As we already heard, beloved, the foolish didn't even know that they were foolish being in the presence of the wise. Simply because they all slumbered and slept. Faith had no work. Now they had to begin to repent of dead works, as James has made known unto us. For James, in his second epistle letter, writes to us with these words, making known. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone, we can have all the reason in the world to believe, beloved, that they had a lot of lamp trimming to do, seeing that they were all slumbering and sleeping. And I can believe very well, beloved, when they slumbered and slept, there was no light being reflected. And you and I as God's children are the light of this world. But I believe that it's important for us to remember as God's children that there is coming this period, there is coming this hour when the wise and the foolish slumbered and slept together. And I am of this mind and opinion beloved. We are living this hour. We are living this time when the wise and the foolish are slumbering and sleeping together. And the true rays of God's love are not being reflected so that the foolish virgins know that they are foolish. But notice what happened during this lamp trimming time, beloved. Those virgins arose from their slumber and sleep And as we heard, they all began to trim their lamps. Now the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Those that were wise virgins, yes, they were still God's children, but they were possessed with dead work simply because they were slumbering and sleeping. But nevertheless, within their hearts, they possessed the oil of God's Spirit. And in the midst of that darkness, and we can believe that great persecution is going to be taking place in that dark hour, in the midst of that darkness, when they began to cleanse their hearts, trim their lamps of faith, Of all these dead works. Their lamps began to burn. And that light that was reflected from their lamps. Penetrated so severely into the lamps. Of those foolish virgins. That now they detected. That they have no oil. For the first time beloved. Those foolish virgins now realize that they are foolish. We can, as God's children, with that which God has revealed to us, try to explain to these that are not in faith that you are foolish virgins. But isn't it true, beloved? The gift that we have received into our own hearts or shall we say, that which we have received into our own hearts, is a gift from God. You and I have not been so wise that with our own wisdom and understanding we have been able to comprehend the riches of heaven to our own hearts. For remember when Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do you say that I am? Peter was the spokesman. And Peter said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon bar Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. No man can say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Ghost. So thus it was a revelation of God to Peter. Peter didn't have that wisdom of his own, but God had revealed these matters to his heart. And when these matters have been revealed to the heart beloved, as Jesus told Peter, blessed art thou. Man is then in a blessed condition. But when those lamps had been trimmed beloved, Oh, how important it is for us to recognize how and in what manner it affected those foolish virgins. Hasn't Jesus time and time again made known by their fruits ye shall know them? And these fruits that come forth from God's children are manifested not of the flesh, but of the Spirit of God that lives and abides within the heart. Paul in his epistle letter unto the Galatians writes making known unto us what the fruits of the Spirit are. For in the fifth chapter in verse 22 he writes, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Flesh has not these ingredients, beloved. They are manifested in us through the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is living and abiding in our hearts, and we are walking in the Spirit, this fruit is going to manifest itself. But when they were slumbering and sleeping, beloved, they were not walking in the Spirit. Thus the Spirit did not manifest or bear its fruit. But now when they had trimmed their lamps of faith, the joy of salvation became so great in their hearts that the Spirit of the love of God began to burn in their hearts. Even as we heard the other day, Jesus said, I am am come to bring fire upon the earth. He has come to kindle the fire of God's love to burn within our hearts. And as John has made known, if we love one another as Jesus has loved us, the whole world will know that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. So then, this fruit of love, when it is manifested in the Spirit of God, It is going to penetrate deep, beloved, into the hearts of darkness. I just experienced prior to my coming into your midst, and I hadn't even really thought of it until I have been here in your midst, how good God truly is. There was a certain sister there in our midst in Michigan, and she's been coming to the hearing of God's word, I have known her from childhood and thus I have always felt in my heart that she is a precious, redeemed child of God. But our eyesight is very poor, beloved, and I have learned that my eyesight is very poor when it comes to looking into the heart of another individual. I have kept this uh, person as a precious sister, not realizing or detecting that there was anything wrong with her. When she would come to the gathering together with God's children, I would brace her with a warm heart. For some reason it appeared that my heart had something special even towards this individual. It didn't seem that just a mere handshake of God's peace was sufficient. But it felt that I had to embrace her with the arms of love, greeting her with the greetings of heaven, with that peace that passeth all understanding, and oftentimes uh, in a tender way ask her, How are things with our beloved sister? Not realizing what was going on within the heart, God had certainly showered an abundance of his love towards that heart. Thus, shortly before I came into your midst, this individual called and requested that I could come at my earliest convenience to their home. And I detected from that call that it was an almost urgency. So at my earliest convenience, I made my way over there. And she was waiting and waiting. And thus when she saw me arrive already in the yard, she couldn't wait until I would open that door. And when I opened that door to her home, she began to pour out from the abundance of her heart. I have been a big hypocrite. Yes, I've had God's peace on my lips, but not in my heart. Oh, how many times when I have been in the presence of God's children, I have held to the to the pew that I have been sitting in, wanting to get up and make myself known, but unable, beloved. I have been praying and crying to God give me that grace and that strength that I might be able to open up my heart and pour out the abundance therein. Little did I realize that this kind of a heart was there present, and especially in one that I thought was a precious child of God. It was that love that was shed abroad into her heart that even brought greater conviction upon her. Oh, how hard it was for her to be in the presence of God's children, because that love was there so great prevailing. I don't have that love beloved, but as I mentioned, I felt a special feeling of love towards that individual. God was bringing that heart under severe conviction and when she was able to pour out from the abundance of her heart the hypocrisy that was therein, all of her sins, iniquities, and transgressions, and when I comforted her with that gospel message of reconciliation, that dear sister be of good cheer, be comforted, believe all sins forgiven in the precious name and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, how her heart began to rejoice. What a blessed Christmas she now could experience. I believe perhaps one of the most precious Christmas seasons that she has ever partaken of. For the grace of God which is manifested through Jesus Christ, she had now become a partaker of and she now possessed in her heart that peace that passeth all understanding. Beloved, it's important that our lamps are trimmed so that they will reflect the rays of God's Spirit, the oil of God's Spirit that is abiding within our heart. The foolish virgins also trim their lamps Because the word tells us they all trimmed their lamps. But the lamps of those foolish virgins didn't begin to bear fruit. The foolish virgins saw the fruit, the light that was reflected from the lamps of those wise virgins. And saw and detected their lost and condemned condition. Notice how they began to cry unto the wise virgins. The foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. I don't believe that their lamps were ever burning. But they never detected that their lamps were out before. Simply because they all slumbered and slept together. But now when the lamps of the wise were burning, they realized that their lamps are without fire. Their lamps are without the fire of God's love. There was nothing to kindle their lamps to burn because they had not possessed the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now they are asking the wise virgins, Give us of your oil. What would you do, beloved, if someone came to you asking, Give me of your oil. I recognize that you have the oil of God's Spirit. Give me that oil! Oh, how I would so often desire to give this oil of God's Spirit to another. But I can't, beloved. John the Baptist of whom we've heard already this evening spoken of, said that I baptize with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is in the hands of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When the Holy Ghost is abiding within our hearts, it kindles the fire of God's love to burn. But Jesus accomplishes that work in our heart. As we heard, as I've already brought to your attention, Jesus said, I am come to bring fire upon the earth. The desire of Jesus is such that he might find an abiding place within the hearts of mankind. But man today, his heart is filled to capacity Just like that inn, beloved. Remember Mary and Joseph, when they journeyed into Bethlehem, they went to that inn. But there was no room in that inn. It was filled to capacity. The only place that there was room was in that cattle shed, in that stable, in that filthy, dirty place, beloved. I believe pictured in that inn and in that stable is the hearts of men. There are some hearts that are filled with their own riches and righteousness. And there are hearts that are filled with the treasures of this world. And they have no room for Jesus. But there are hearts also that are like that stable been prepared through the work of John the Baptist And thus they have been stripped of their own righteousness. They find that they have no good thing in them. They are poor, wretched, and blind. It is in only that kind of a heart, beloved, that Jesus is born. When that heart has been brought to its true realization and makes himself known, it is then there that Jesus is born. I can't give to any man the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the wise virgins couldn't give to these foolish virgins that oil of the Spirit. But those wise virgins instructed those foolish virgins in what they should do. And I believe you and I as God's children also instruct the foolish virgins what they must do. And I believe today, beloved, A lot of instruction has been given to man. Yea, even unto the foolish virgins. What they must do in order that they would be saved. But they are not taking heed to that instruction. But now when the cry was made, Behold the bridegroom cometh, And when that instruction was given unto them, Go on to them that sell and buy for yourselves. They didn't hesitate now, beloved, but they immediately went. I have sometimes pondered this place and sometimes even questioning its meaning. Who are those that sell that are able to give unto you the Holy Ghost or the oil? Go unto them that sell. It almost appears that the wise recognize that there are those that sell this oil and from them you can receive it unto yourselves. Sometimes I have interpreted to mean this, beloved. Man can become very, very careless in setting his house in order. For example, if I had sinned against my fellow laborer, if I had sinned against Brother Harry, isn't it my responsibility and duty to go to Brother Harry, acknowledge, confess my sin and ask him for forgiveness? Would it do me any good to go to Brother Wilford and ask for the forgiveness that I have committed against Brother Harry? I would go to Brother Wilford and ask for forgiveness. Would the oil of God's spirit fill my heart so that I would begin to rejoice? I don't believe so. I still wouldn't be able to face Brother Harry because it is against him that I have sinned. And I do know this much, beloved. If I would rightly take care of sin, then the gift of the Holy Ghost will be promised unto me. So then I have questioned, is this what the wise virgins were telling the foolish virgins? And then also I have pondered this thought, that uh, we know that faith comes by hearing. Go to them that are rightly divide the word of truth and allow that word to penetrate your heart. Believe that word and do as that word makes known. As we've already heard, the angel of the Lord appeared unto the shepherds with good tidings of great joy. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. That wasn't the only thing that the angel spoke to the shepherds. But the angel gave instruction where this Savior can be found. And how he will be when they find him. Those shepherds were obedient to that instruction. With haste they journeyed into Bethlehem while grace was still available. Faith comes by hearing. The Lord has spoken to us a parable and that parable being recorded in the Gospel letter according to St. Mark. Thus it's a very brief parable and he writes concerning the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God as so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, He putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Let us quickly look at this parable. Because remember the wise instructed the foolish to go to them that sell. And from there you will receive. Receive unto yourselves. In this parable the kingdom of God is likened unto a little seed that is sown into the earth. We have all planted a garden. We have taken a seed and planted that seed into the earth. After that seed has been planted into the earth, we have as much as forgotten about that seed. We sleep and rise day and night, and lo and behold, that seed has germinated. And we see a blade shoot out of the earth. We had nothing to do with it, did we? other than sow that seed into the earth. And thus that seed of itself began to germinate. First it brought forth the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit was brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle, because the harvest is come. That fruit that is born from that seed that is sown into the earth. First of all, I believe that seed to be the word of God. You and I are that earth. The word of God is sown into us. That word in itself begins to work in our hearts. It germinates there. And we see signs of true repentance. Remember when John was baptizing in the river Jordan. Some came to be baptized of John, and John had to tell them, bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. What are those fruits that are meet for repentance? None other than a humble, contrite, and a penitent heart. I'm sure that many of you have experienced and have witnessed when the Word of God has begun to work in the heart of man. We recognize that he's in awakened condition. We recognize that he's under conviction. That word has brought forth this fruit. And when that fruit is complete, that fruit unto repentance, the sickle of God's grace is applied unto that soul and it is harvested into God's kingdom. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Those wise virgins would have longed to give them that Holy Spirit, that oil. But it isn't in our power, beloved. And it's well for us to remember that we don't help ourselves to that Spirit of God like we would help ourselves to a book that's on a shelf. It's all in the hands of God, the giving of the oil of His Spirit. But that oil of God's spirit has been promised to be given unto all that ask. But man cannot rightly ask until his heart has been prepared for it. As we have heard concerning John the Baptist, he was a forerunner of Christ. He was sent to prepare the hearts of men to receive Christ. So when the wise virgins told these foolish... Go to the foolish virgins here that have been deceived and without true assurance of everlasting life. As the Lord God has spoken to us, if we hate our brother, we're a murderer. No murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Are we watching? Are we praying? Thus keeping our house in order and like unto children that wait for the return of their Lord? Do we truly have forgiving hearts one for another? As we heard the Lord has made known to us, If we don't forgive from our hearts one another, neither will God forgive us. Thus then we are still in our sins if we don't have forgiving hearts one toward another. And don't be deceived, beloved, thinking that you have because God's word teaches otherwise. Let's be watching, and in watching, beloved, we're going to keep our house in order. But remember, as I have endeavored to point out, that hour of slumber and great sleep, there were still God's children there. They were wise virgins and they possessed the oil of God's Spirit. But notice the danger involved. When we slumber and sleep, we don't reflect the rays of God's love. The fruit does not bear. The spirit does not bear its fruit. Therefore, nobody knows what to do to prepare themselves to meet the bridegroom. May the wise virgins, those that possess the oil of God's spirit, trim their lamps of faith, so the fruit of the spirit could manifest itself, so that those foolish virgins in the time of grace would recognize their lost and condemned condition and see clearly to repent of their sins and set their house in order in the time of grace so they could gain entrance to that marriage feast prepared by God prepared by God in heaven I believe we can thank God abundantly for the word which he has spoken to our hearts again this night And I pray that these words would find lodgment within every one of our hearts so that when we depart to our earthly homes we would meditate upon these words, ponder these words, and pray that God would allow us to do as these words have spoken to our heart. To that end, may God bless us all and may he bless his word into our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, as we draw to a close this day of grace, as thy children we desire to thank thee, for again this day we have received all that is needful unto this body and this life, and that which is needful unto eternal life. Father, we thank thee for these words which thou hast spoken through the servants to us this night, and O oh, Father, through Thy Spirit, grant that these words could truly bind the hearts of men, and work therein that work which Thou hast sent it to work, uh, to accompl- accomplish, so that men would uh, rightly see to repent of their sins, and be clothed with Thy righteousness, and be prepared to meet Thee at that day of Thy coming. And now we ask the Lord to bless us and keep us. The Lord make thy face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up thy countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.